Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Morning Taco Tuesday now with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Actually, it's Fat Tuesday. Uh, Mardi Gras is today. It's the only day on the Catholic calendar when it's cool to flash a stranger in exchange for some beads. That's today, Mardi Gras. All right, let's get into the show. There's a lot going on. If you opened up the Honolulu Star Advertiser, you see that uh, Dennis McKnight and Derek Faavi had joined the UH football staff. Yeah, interim coaches right now, and for Dennis McKnight, a long history of being a coach here, mostly under June Jones. And I I, I am curious, I think a lot of us are, if that interim tag might be lifted anytime soon for a guy like Dennis Dennis McKnight. Derek Faave was a great center, and looking what uh, June Jones said about him in today's advertiser, the Stephen Sy article, a lot of high praise for him. I remember what a great player he was. What is Dennis McKnight's title? I, well, he's an interim head coach, and uh, he's the interim head coach well, for University of Hawaii football. Well, actually, they're, they're being called consultants. Consultants, I guess. Oh, okay, that's what title. I thought. Okay, yeah, both guys are kind of consultants right now. Um, with, yeah, interim head coach—that would be scary. What well, happened head to Timmy coach. Chang? Yeah, I, just, I, but that's what you just said. Yeah. It's like, what happened to Timmy Chang? Oh my gosh! Well, people are swerving off of the road, but yeah. Um, uh, so um, the uh, graduate assistant Nick Locker. I'm guessing that's how to say his name. He's still going to coach the safeties. He was like a grad assistant. Jacob Yoro was the safeties coach. So he's still going to be the safeties coach. But uh, McKnight, not only a great offensive line coach, but also he was a special teams coach right, right. Uh, for years. So it's good to have uh, some help on two fronts. And Derek Faavi, which uh, if you haven't read it yet, Stephen Sy is uh, quoting June Jones, when he's you know he's the most knowledgeable guy on the you know on the team. I mean he won the he won the uh, MVP team MVP back in 2005 over Colt Brennan, Devon Bess, and Samson Satelli. I remember Derek Faavi being as just a not a not a flashy guy, not a big star, but a guy that was solid. And uh, these are two great additions to the University of Hawaii coaching staff. Yeah, especially on short notice when you hear about, you know, two guys leaving and Jacob Yoro and Roman Sapolu last weekend to get guys. I mean, again, we don't know how permanent this might be, but you get the guys with the local connection. They obviously know the culture. Dennis McKnight, a great motivator of young men. I think that's one of the ways you can definitely describe And him, old so. men. And <laughs> old men. Probably old men, too, yeah. You, you, you want to run through a wall for Dennis McKnight. All yes. right. Rainbow Baseball getting up and going this week against Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to start the season. I remember usually they'll start Super Bowl weekend a little bit of a later start, but they've got great competition coming at Ole Miss, team that has won the World Series, NC State coming in the first two weeks. We will have Rich Hill on our show Thursday morning to give us a preview of the season opener on Friday. All right, let's see what else is going on. Hey, congratulations to Justin McCoy. 
uh, deservedly so, the Big West Player of the Week from Rainbow Warrior Basketball. He had a great weekend. He had his best two games as a Rainbow Warrior, that's for sure. I said yesterday, and I was thinking maybe Noel Coleman would be, a, and I'm sure he was a, a good candidate to get the Big West Player of the Week award because of his defense as well as his offense, but no problem with Justin McCoy getting it. It's great to see him play, living up to some of the potential and hype that we thought we had in him in November. Well, and, you know, I, I, I think that he uh, did pretty well defensively, too, with block shots and things like that. He was just he – tur- he flipped a switch, and he turned into a beast. And that led the other team – the rest of his team, I guess, kind of to play hard, too. So, anyway, we look forward to seeing what they can do on the road – against Cal Poly. And uh, finally, congratulations to the Saints, the Crusaders, ILH champs in boys basketball, uh, beating Punahou 60-42. to uh, Stone Kanoa, 15 points, 5 rebounds. Pupu Sepulona, last year's star, uh, and this year's star too, I guess, uh, 13 points, 4 rebounds. Kalen Fernando doing it on both ends, 12 points, 9 rebounds for St. Louis. And you almost think of like the St. Louis basketball team, maybe like the Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back championships. They're going for their three-peat right now where Kansas City will have to wait a year. And they were good in the regular season, but it was Punahou in the regular season that was better team win-loss record-wise. And now they both make the states, but St. Louis will get that bye in the state tournament starting next week. Well, overall, uh, overall, to be fair uh, to St. Louis, overall they had a better win-loss record than Punahou at 23-5. and five. But, uh, you know, both, I mean, both teams are, you know, really good. Mililani is really good. You've got uh, Kailua is a really good basketball team. It's going to be a great state tournament coming up. Oh, yeah, it usually is. And I think what I was mentioning is in the, in the IL-8 season, Punahou was the overall champion until the tournament, and they had to get beat a gotcha. couple of times, and St. Louis came on really strong. That game-winning layup on Saturday over Marino to get to this point where yesterday's game meant a whole bunch not only getting to the state tournament, but playing for that bye, which I think is pretty critical and a little bit of an advantage. But both really good teams, and you mentioned some of those OIA schools. Can't wait for it to start. One of my favorite high school sporting events of the year at the boys' tournament. I wonder what happened to Marinol this year. Yeah. What happened to Marinol? I mean, they were good. I mean, they were a really good team, but uh, just uh, fell, I guess, a little bit short. But as a, uh, uh, you know, hopeful, I, I'm, I'm waiting for Glenn Medeiros to call me back because I, you know, I'm I'm hopeful to be an honorary St. Louis graduate. Yeah, I did ask him about that, and I didn't get a response for that. He does he did get back to me and say, "Listen to the show every day," but nothing oh, further okay. on you. Yeah, no. He, you really <laughs> talked to him? You, you talked he texted to him? You mentioned me, yeah. my name? I did. Oh, I did. Sure, I did. And he didn't say anything. No response. The response was about a week or two later. I think it was around Christmas time, and just wishing me a merry Christmas and saying he listens to the show every day. Or most days. He listens to the show. I don't think he gave the time frame on how often. Well, the, the Punahou <laughs> people won't admit that I went there. St. Louis doesn't want me. Do I have a, I have a tiny bit of Hawaiian. I could, if Ed Paola is listening, maybe you could talk. Who's the president at Kamehameha? Anybody know? Oh, it's my classmate. Oh, uh, uh, Jack Wong. Are you listening, Jack? Livingston, are you listening there? My classmate is the president of Kamehameha. He won't have me. You're apparently oh a free gosh. agent, and you're not really getting the offers that you are hoping for. All right. All right. Hanalani. <laughs> Hanalani. Come on. Nine minutes after the hour here on ESPN, Honolulu. Okay, I just want to give one maybe final word on the Super Bowl. 
and just you know with so many. Why things, one final word? There's so much to go over still with the Super Bowl. Okay, I can give more than a final word, but this is my big takeaway from yesterday with listening to everything that's been mentioned really in the last 36 hours of the game, where so much has been made, articles and commentary about how the San Francisco 49ers players were not aware of the overtime rule. How is that even possible? Well, here's my takeaway: What difference would it have made? What difference? That's not the reason they lost the game. And even if the players didn't know, the coaches knew. And Kyle Shanahan kind of hinted that they knew about it and the players knew. But even if the players knew, that didn't make any difference on how they played. Were they playing different defensively or offensively because they didn't know the overtime rule? That had nothing to do with the game, really, in the big picture. So why it's being mentioned so often in the last 36 hours is beyond me. The more I think about it, the stupider it is that people keep bringing this up. You know, I don't, I don't, um, what I'm seeing more of is uh, uh, Taylor Swift news, actually. You, that, too. People... that too. That <laughs> too. You, you, you're not into it, I, you know? Oh, I am, but, I but. Mean, they figure 10 more million people watch the Super Bowl just because of Taylor Swift. And they said that her being shown as often as, it, as she was was worth $12.4 million somehow to her which is crazy as well. And now there's a report that the Chiefs might have asked her not to go to the parade. She's got to be in Australia for a couple of concerts this weekend, so I'm not sure if she would have been available. I didn't read that whole article, but I just saw that a few minutes ago that maybe she wasn't invited to the parade, maybe to take away the... the, 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 No, I I don't think it's to take away from anything. I think what it is is for her own safety. I I think the mayor's like, look, we have a parade. People are going to go crazy for the Kansas City Chiefs. If Taylor Swift's there... We don't have enough off-duty police officers to watch this thing. I think that's what it would be. Well, I mean, from what we heard, we had a guest on a few weeks ago from Kansas City. The way they treat her there, the fans, and respecting her privacy and Travis Kelsey and, you know, total admiration for them. I'm not sure how her safety would be in jeopardy. At I don't know. I, I, like I say, I don't know. I mean, the uh, I was surprised that they, they showed her more during the Super Bowl than any other regular game. Yeah. Right? Because you might see her about four or five times I mean, I think she they showed her, oh, gosh, it was a total of 40 seconds, something like that. Mm, so right. they would show her for three seconds and then pan away, but they did it about 10 to 12 times. I, 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 was, I stopped counting. For some reason, I was counting. Because while I was watching, every time they showed her, uh, 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 me and another lady were like, yay! And everyone <laughs> else was like, boo, get off the TV, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I know people were asking, are they going to show Taylor Swift? I go, wait till every time Travis Kelsey catches a pass. And it seemed like in the fourth quarter, maybe the third as well, and definitely overtime, every time he caught a pass, it seemed they showed her. What I did like is that they didn't show her right when the game ended. For They didn't show her at all until she was on the field 10 minutes later or whatever. I'm glad they didn't take away from the Kansas City Chiefs. The play- I wanted to see the players. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, point. I think they understand that. That's a little, a little bit too much Yeah, of showing a fan, whether it's, Brock Purdy's uh, former Miss Universe wife or her or somebody's parents. Yeah. Yeah, you keep it on the field and you show the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Right. Uh, but anyway, the um, uh, they didn't show her in the first quarter at all, although Travis Kelsey did get a pass for like a one-yard gain, but they didn't show her. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was more in the second half, I think they did. But, yeah, I noticed they didn't show they her. They showed the right her in way, the yeah. second quarter, though. But they right. did the whole first quarter. Mm. Uh, they did not show her. Now, they had different prop bets we'll get to in a second. But John is on the line at 808-296-1420. You can call or text to join the show. Good morning, John. 
Hey, how's it going? Hey, Gary, I'm right with you on that thing about the rules because I was thinking that the whole time. It didn't affect the game at all, and then all the decisions were being made by the coaches, and they knew it. So I think a lot of times people in the media, they just want to make something like a controversy so that you'll, like, look over there because something is, uh, like, something's wrong. But it had absolutely no effect uh, in the outcome of the game. I agree with you 100%, and I've been thinking that for, like, two days. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was really blowing up. But then, yeah, the more you think of it, what difference did it make? They didn't play differently. The players didn't look at it differently. So, too much hype hey, on I that. Noticed, I noticed that Patrick Mahomes went to Disneyland already. I saw those pictures. But uh, yeah. looks like him and his family had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's hey, thanks, the deal. John. Thanks, John. And that is the deal. You win the MVP. You're going to Disneyland. And you get all that money for saying that and appearing there. Hey, you know what? I had read... Uh, in the same email, I've read that they didn't show Taylor Swift until the second quarter. But maybe this is real time, because how long after kickoff, this is a prop bet, over under, how long after kickoff until Taylor Swift is shown? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Yeah, the over under was seven and a half minutes, so it was over okay. the seven and a half minutes. Gus, thank you for joining the show at 808-296-1420. You go ahead. Hey, animals. so speaking of Super Bowl festivities on TikTok, the streaker came on and said, I was the streaker on tick on uh, the Super Bowl. And so what he did was he he put down twenty thousand dollar bet that there's gonna be a streaker at one of the casinos. <laughs> and then he ran out and he said he wasn't wearing his spikes, otherwise he wouldn't have slipped. But he got tackled. He got fined $10,000, okay? So uh-huh. he said, okay, I make $10,000. But the casino doesn't want to pay him out because they said when the, if you read the fine print, it said you cannot be part of the, the outcome of this whole thing. That makes sense. <laughs> and, and the casino saw his postings on TikTok. Oh, you idiot. Talking about what he did. That, see, that's like saying, okay, what color uh, blouse, what color top is Taylor Swift going to wear? Black was the favorite, red, and some others. I mean, she could put down a million, like, you know, Kanye, you know, well, she has more money than Kanye. She put down a million dollars and wear whatever color she wants, but she would be a part of it. Right. But right. she wouldn't be stupid enough to go on TikTok and go, look, <laughs> <laughs> Gus, thank you for calling in. Yeah, you, I, you know, I did not hear this. Uh, but during the game, I don't know if you heard it or not, uh, Gary, You probably the announcers called out, hey, there's a streaker on the field. Of course, they don't show it on TV. Right. Uh, but that's what the Internet is for, apparently. So a couple of guys got arrested. It wasn't just one guy. Two guys right. got arrested right. running on the field half naked during the third quarter. I-, I wonder what half was naked. They made it almost all the way across the field until they got tackled by security. Uh, they were both released without posting bond or being charged with prohibited conduct at an athletic event. They were and not. Now, one guy wasn't one guy, wearing a shirt. One guy, one guy was, oh, you, you saw the internet thing? Yeah, I saw that. And the funny thing about that guy, that after he ran around a little, he kind of like slid on the ground, put his hands behind his back already. You know, oh. he just wanted his 10 seconds of fame. And then as soon as he got down, he was ready to get apprehended. Yeah, I mean, he didn't want to get, you know, tackled or jumped on. It's like, okay, I'm surrendering. <laughs> yeah. 17 minutes after the hour here with the Sports Animals this morning on Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday. Uh, It's going to be partly sunny today, 
or partly cloudy. Depends if your glass is half full or half empty. Uh, We've got some light winds back. High about 80, low in the upper 60s. More on what bets hit during the Super Bowl. That's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. One of the prop bets here uh, for the Super Bowl was uh, what What will Tony Romo say first, either Taylor or Swift or Jimmy? And the winning bet was Jimmy. Who's Jimmy? Jim Nance, I would imagine. Oh, does he call him Jimmy? I never heard well, him call Jimmy? him Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy. Anyway. Uh, there, there's other ones, uh, but, uh, one of them, one of the more interesting prop bets, where will Donna Kelsey be sitting in front of Swift, either side of Swift or behind Swift? And the answer behind Swift. And for me, I mean, I noticed that, I mean, not only was it Taylor Swift in the front, but all of her friends, Blake Lively, um, Ice Spice and whoever else was there. But you would think the family might get the first row, at least maybe with her, as opposed to her friends being there and the family being in the background. Maybe they were fine with it. Maybe they were like, oh, no, you guys go ahead. Okay. Anyway, so there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, Taylor Swift over-under deals. But I was curious about that Tony Romo one, uh, Jimmy. Well, Jimmy. Now, Tony Romo is getting a lot of flack from media people all over the country, maybe all over the world. Who knows? But when the, um, I remember years ago, and he said this on national TV, Don, the, the late, great Don Summerall was on our show. A, Pat. Years and years, Pat Summerall, years ago. And uh, Pat Summerall mentioned that, you know, the, one of the things, and really this is what other broadcasters have taken after. Before, like there was a great play, you know, you'd hear the announcers going crazy and the crowd in the background and stuff. And Pat Summerall was the first broadcaster to actually stop and just let it breathe, as they say, where it was the audience can experience what's going on in the stadium with the crowd going crazy, sidelines, all of that. When that calmed down, they would come on and, uh, you know, come on and give their commentary. And that's kind of what great broadcasters do today. But I didn't realize this during the game, but... Right after the um, Chiefs scored, McCole Hardman scored that uh, touchdown, Tony Romo, you know, Jim Nance was quiet, and then Tony Romo, Romo kind of took over and wouldn't stop talking. And the media world, uh, you know, some it's kind of mixed reactions. Some people are like, ah, well, it's okay, it's fine, it didn't take it away from me. But a lot of people are saying, dude, uh, you know, on uh, social media, let it breathe. Be quiet. It's not about you, that kind of stuff. Doug Gottlieb, I think his yeah his his uh, three words that he uh, tweeted was "Let it breathe, bro." I don't remember that specifically. I remember when the game was over and everything. I thought you know I was at Ruby Tuesday and people were cheering or screaming or going crazy. But I, I mean, I'd rather have had him be quiet too if I if I would have noticed it. But in all the excitement of that, I don't remember what he said or how long he was talking for. But yeah, you would like to hear the fans and be part of that atmosphere as much as you can listening. Or yeah. Watching. 
Yeah, you know, and, and I, I get it. I get it if you're sitting home alone watching. But, yeah, I was at a Super Bowl party. You were apparently watching while you were working. And <laughs> if you're in a group, I don't think it bothers you as much as if you're just kind of sitting there going, hey, wait a minute, quiet. I want to hear the crowd. But, I mean, the, you know, the camera work kind of did that and let you know all of what was going on uh, with it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Tony Romo has been under a lot of uh, – there's been a lot of criticism lately about the job Tony Romo is doing as a broadcaster, you know, not you know being accused of not doing his homework and right. uh, kind of the, 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 the broadcasting thing already seems to have passed him by is what other people are saying. I don't notice it. But, you know, and I think we brought this up last week while you were out, is that um, it, it's almost like when Jim Nance needs an, ex, an expert uh, opinion on something, he goes down to the guy in the field instead of going to Tony Romo sometimes. You mean the sideline reporter? Yep. Wow. I, I mean, I, I, not that I don't pay attention to the announcers, and I know we have said this numerous times, that I'm not going to watch a game or not watch a game based on who's calling it. I'll notice it, and some are better than others. But, uh, again, when I watch Tony Romo, he's been fine. But, yeah, there was a ton of hype early on leading to his incredible contract. And now the criticism, I've been reading a lot about it this year, too. Again, it doesn't bother me uh, as much as maybe some media critic, but it seems like he's been getting a lot of negative publicity lately, maybe getting some of the plays wrong, and, like you said, not doing his homework and not knowing as much. But, uh, and again, maybe it's just come, come, come to the territory. Where you're well, get I think, criticized. yeah, and I think that the way it was explained and uh, maybe it was in your New York Post or something like that, where they were saying that in the beginning of his career, he could predict plays. He knew the personnel. He knew all of these guys. He knew what they were going to do. Well, you know, he's been doing it a while. Those players a lot aren't in the league anymore, so he can't do that anymore. And that's why they say Belichick would be a great analyst on television because he still knows all of the players. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm fine with Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, me too. I think Chris Collinsworth. When you look at the, look at the job that Chris Collinsworth does, look at the immense preparation he puts into every single game. I don't know why he's not more widely recognized as the greatest analyst that's on television. I, you know, if I had to pick one, I would pick him. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he took over for John Madden as the number one analyst way back when for the Sunday night game. And to me, he's been the best, whether it's just his knowledge of the game. He doesn't have to predict every play. Predicting every play is not, to me, the utmost you know, important thing to judge a, a, an analyst by. But I think Chris Collinsworth just comes across really well. Uh, he knows the game. I just like his personality. With Tony Romo, I have nothing against him because he played for the Cowboys. But uh, Chris Collinsworth would be not my number one of all time as well. Maybe not all time, but right now for sure he's the best. I liked him and Al Michaels together. I thought they were a great team a few years ago. I am, you know, I'm starting to sour a little bit on Al Michaels. I, I don't know why. I mean, he just uh, he he's, he's he goes out of his way to make kind of snide comments about uh, you know gambling and stuff like that. He's a little too political for me. Whereas Jim Nance can be political, but Jim Nance is very creative. I mean, what was the touchdown call? What was the touchdown call when McCole uh, Hardman caught that touchdown? What were the first words out of Jim Nance's mouth? I can't remember. Jackpot! Oh, really? Where was the game? Vegas. You see? Good line. <laughs> but, but, but that's Jim Nance. Mm. 
But anyway, let's go to the uh, – let, oh, okay, here's a great text. Let's go to the uh, text line, 808-296-1420. Uh, somebody just texted in seconds ago, Greg Olson is an awesome co- awesome commentator. Oh, I would agree. Greg Olson yeah. is awesome. I mean, he's – you know, he's up there. He's a different – I don't put him in the same league as Chris Collinsworth because he's a different type of analyst. Uh, he's his own guy. Uh, he's a guy that can almost predict plays. He's really good, and that's what the shame is of Tom Brady coming to television. Tom Brady, who doesn't even really, to me, seem like he really wants to be an analyst, but he's doing it for because he promised or something, or because, you know, by the time he's done with this contract, he'll make more from television than he ever did playing football. But with, uh, with um, Tom Brady, it, somebody else just texted in, Olsen is the best. Um, with Tom Brady, he's going to take Olsen's place. And so I can't remember who um, the guy is that um, that Olsen works with. He's with Fox. The guy. Oh, the guy, oh, oh is it Kevin Burkhart maybe? Yes, Kevin okay. Burkhart. Thank you, Gary. With Kevin Burkhart. So with Kevin Burkhart, he's going to be with Tom Brady, and then Greg Olsen goes somewhere else. I don't know. I just I, I, I'd hate to break that those guys up and can tom brady be better than greg olson you know maybe they know more than i do and more from his audition tapes i know that tom brady is feverishly studying uh to you know to get this right and i mean you know it's not like tom brady's gonna be lazy tom brady's gonna do all his homework and be the best at anything set out to be the best at anything he does can he naturally be the number one guy? I don't know. What I feel I, I, bad about, though, for Greg Olson, apparently because he's going down to number two, his salary is going to go from $10 million a year to $3 million a year. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's not his own doing. Nothing. He, he's getting punished, basically. because Tom Greg Olson's Brady's, making $10 million? Yeah. Wow, he's making Brady money already. Yeah, I mean, he's been that good, I guess. And he's on the number one, or was on the number one team, so I guess the number one team commands a salary like that. Where I think what Romo makes $18 million, I think it is. Oh, wow. And Aikman's right around there. But for Greg Olson, that's a $7 million pay decrease. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, um, uh, Aikman's okay. Aikman's good. Uh, it's a good partnership. I think it's good chemistry with those yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, somebody uh, texted in. Uh, Polly, thank you for texting in. He says, let it breathe. Same goes for Golf Channel's Steve Sands. Just talked 50% during commentary. It was too much Romo's voice in my head. <laughs> He's got Romo's voice in uh, Golf Channel Steve Sands is that a play-by-play guy? I mean, I, the name sounds familiar. Maybe I'm thinking of old-time singer in the '50s, Tommy Sands. But uh, thank you very much uh, for that text. Eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. We're talking about sports broadcasting. That's where the show is gone, which is kind of cool. Uh, Sean, thanks for this text. Gruden's rookie quarterback interviews and breakdowns were excellent too. Yes, they were. They were, and I think when he was doing Monday Night Football, some people would accuse him of being so technical where he's calling play. Well, he's listing plays or calling plays, but a lot of the viewers weren't really understanding what he was talking about. I think he was a little bit too technical at times for John Gruden. During his, his quarterback show? No, no, during Monday Night Football. Oh, no, no, no. What he's talking about is his uh, interviews. The, the interviews. Right. The, yeah, I know. The, oh, okay. But, not yeah, Monday Night Football, I um, – I don't really remember him that much on Monday Night Football. But, yeah, this was talking about the TV show before yeah. Monday Night Football. 
Okay, 808-296-1420. I got lost in the text. I'll tell you what, let's take a break. Uh, coming up, the they've already got, according to ESPN, early NFL power rankings. Uh, we've got more. Justin McCoy, congratulations once again, the Big West Player of the Week. Uh, we've got that. We've got uh, call the coach tonight, so we got to get to some Rainbow Warrior volleyball. So much to come on this Fat Tuesday on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Haunted by those graceful years, we were young and life was sharp and clear. Can you see me now? Keep listening. In a few minutes, we're going to give away tickets to Rainbow Wahide Basketball. They're back in town. We've got four tickets for Thursday night against Cal Poly. Looking for the Rainbow Wahine to get back to their winning ways. I was just saw uh, an article online, Gary, about we were talking about broadcasters. And Greg Olson, I think he's going to put up a fight. I think he's going to put up a fight. He does not want to go to the number two broadcast team. He says, you know what, I want to broadcast in front of 60 million people. I want to broadcast Super Bowls. I don't want to just be a part of the team. And uh, uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I mean, what if he refuses? What if he, I don't know if he's under contract or his contract says, you know, you're going to get demoted and this is how much you're going to get. But, um, you know, Tom Brady already signed a 10-year three hundred seventy five million dollar contract so it's like it's not like fox cannot use him (laughs) for some reason i can't picture right now at least tom brady doing this for 10 years for some reason i get that perception of him not being all in for that long a period of time and for greg olson what are you gonna do hold out to force a trade demand a trade i don't know i don't know that's very i'm very curious about that all right 808-296-1420 and uh, let's see, we've got uh, somebody t- texting in about announcers on Rainbow Warrior basketball. Okay. Uh, okay, here's one. Mahomes is good, and it's smart for him to directly copy Tarkenton's style of quarterbacking. Eh, mm. I don't know. <laughs> Fran Tarkenton was a good quarterback, but in my mind still, Fran Tarkenton was all about Fran Tarkenton. And you got to have an ego to be successful. Patrick Mahomes seems more like a team player than scrambling Fran. Oh, the other oh di- I'm going to get angry texts about that. The other difference is as far as, you know, copying Fran Tarkenton, one difference is Mahomes wins Super Bowls. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. All right, 808-296-1420. If you want to uh, text in, uh, go ahead. And uh, <laughs> I, I saw this since we're on the NFL. The uh, Yesterday, because, uh, you know, a lot of websites are trying to, you know, keep the, you know, build off of the 
popularity of the Super Bowl just over. And uh, ESPN.com has early NFL power rankings in 2024. Now, I'd like to say that I I just uh, have the top 10 in front of me. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not in the top 10. But after releasing Mitchell Trubisky, they probably had to shoot up the chart a couple of points. I'm sure you were distraught about that yesterday. Well, Mason Rudolph is a Mason Rudolph is a free agent. Mitchell Trubisky got cut. They're making salary cap room, you see. I, I, I heard Bobby Curran earlier mention that he thinks San Diego oh, not San Diego, the LA Chargers are gonna be really good uh, because of Jim Harbaugh. Something like that. Well, unfortunately, the Chargers folks, if you're a Chargers fan, uh, you know, they're like fifty million dollars over the cap. It's like Harbaugh they, they Harbaugh he inherited a mess that they're going to have to clean up. But anyway, early NFL power rankings, according to ESPN, the Baltimore Ravens. I can understand that. If you're basing it on the regular season, I mean, just because they lost that playoff game 17-10, I believe it was, to KC, still the MVP and everything else. I wouldn't agree, but I can understand them being number one. Uh, And you know what? I mean, they did play in the toughest division. I'll say that again. I know I sound like a broken record. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they got to sign Chris Jones. Right, right. I mean, that's that's something that they, I I mean, are they going to, you mentioned it yesterday. You're going to pay Patrick Mahomes more? Well, you got to sign Chris Jones. So we'll see what happens uh, with those guys. They might have to let him go. And you could see him, I guess, with trades and what they've been drafting kind of building up to maybe possibly losing him, but, you know, we'll see. Number three, San Francisco 49ers, and that's not a surprise. Uh, they got to sign uh, – they got to work on uh, signing um, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy, do you give him a raise already? If you don't do it now, you're going to do it soon, and you're going to have to pay him a lot. I don't think he's going to be a $50 million guy – year guide necessarily but you're gonna have to pay him if not well, this year next they're all going to be 50 million dollar a year guys pretty soon 50 million dollars a year is going to be the starting point probably very, will very probably soon. will oh ricky henderson's making a million dollars this sport is going to pot here's my here's a surprise and everywhere i see this and i don't know if i believe it yet but the detroit lions number four on the power rankings why not i love it i love it but uh they got some holes to fill on defense defensively the detroit lions need help at number five the buffalo bills at number six the miami dolphins but they're running into cap uh, problems says the dolphins are currently projected to be also 51 million dollars over the salary cap it's a lot (laughs) sure is dallas cowboys are number seven philadelphia even though they went one and seven to finish the season they're number eight get this in the top ten, number nine, the Houston Texans. Wow. Followed by the Green Bay Packers. There is your power rankings already. Early power rankings before the draft and anything else in the NFL. Somehow I didn't hear the Jets mentioned there. And one thing about the uh, Texans, though, for Houston, how incredible is it, not only with the season they had, the turnaround that they had, but for the second year in a row, one team had the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. The Jets did it a year and a half ago, or a little over a year ago, and the Texans did it this year. That's the that's Saints did it a do. few years. The that's Saints right. did it a few years ago. It hasn't been done very much. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, we're gonna uh, get you some info 
on the uh, Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run coming up. But right now it's time for our Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union Bulletin Board brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, where life matters. Uh, Speaking of life, gosh, they've got an uptick in hospital utilization here. It's going up and up and up. And the Blood Bank of Hawaii urgently needs your help. If you'd like to donate, you can do so today at many convenient locations. Go to the website to register at bbh.org or call them 808-848-4770. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up on Monday already, it's the uh, Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run. Coming up this weekend, we invite you to stop by and check out the ESPN Honolulu booth at the Hawaii Pacific Health uh, Great Aloha Run Sports Health and Fitness Expo at the Blaisdell. Well, joining us now from Hawaii Pacific Health, if you're getting ready for the race, is uh, uh, from the Family Medicine Department. Uh, Dr. Kazuya Izuka, he's back here to talk about tips on how to prepare for the upcoming race. Welcome back, Dr. Izuka. As you shared with us previously, you're a runner and have done the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run many, many times. What do you love so much about the event? Yeah, good morning. Uh, I just it's, It's such a fun environment where the whole family can enjoy the race, whether you're a serious runner or a casual runner or a walker. Everybody can enjoy the race. Yeah. Hey, you know, like I said, it's coming up Monday, less than a week. Do you have any uh, exercise stretching tips for folks getting ready for race day? Yeah, so uh, stretching, there's static stretching and dynamic stretching. I don't want to go into the details. You can uh, search up that up online, but I recommend the dynamic stretching. The way I like to do it is just fast walk, Uh, stretching as you walk, stretching. stretching as you as you're moving all right and uh what did you say the two were that we can look up there static stretching and dynamic stretching and what i recommend is the dynamic stretching basically you're moving as you're stretching oh okay uh and uh you know a lot is said about diets and carbo loading and all that kind of stuff what should participants prepare in terms of a diet so most, most participants are going to be casual runners or walkers. And for those, don't carb load. Uh, <clears throat> what I recommend is a simple diet. Go, go on the light side the day before. You don't want to uh, go into the race feeling heavy. Uh, definitely avoid alcohol or uh, energy drinks the day prior. Those tend to uh, dehydrate you. So, uh, But instead, drink. Uh, uh, make sure you get plenty of electrolytes uh, the day before and the day of the race. Yeah, and it's like it, it, I, I think that some people think, hey, I'll just drink a bunch of water before that morning and I'll be hydrated. You do need a couple of days <laughs> to be well hydrated before something like this, right? True. Uh, you, you just want to avoid dehydration, right? So, uh, gotcha. But uh, water alone, uh, you, you want some electrolytes. Uh, I, I think like Gatorade's a little too sweet or uh, sports drinks. Uh, those sports drinks, if you uh, mix it with maybe a little bit of water, it tends to be the perfect uh, concentration then. Oh, that's very, very interesting. Thank you for that. 
Now, some people may be doing the great uh, the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run for the first time. Would their preparation be different than someone who's done it before? Yeah, it would uh, because people who have done it before, they kind of have their backpack. They, they have everything ready uh, a few days before. Uh, for those who are doing it for the first time, uh, I recommend going to the expo and talking with other people who have done it before. That's a great way to meet people who have done it before. Uh, but what I recommend is trying to get a good night's sleep. Go to bed maybe a couple hours earlier than usual because the morning is early, uh, the day of the race. Oh, that's a that's good. And you have to go to the expo anyway to pick up your race information and packet and everything. So uh, that's some great advice there. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Katsuya Izuka, from uh, family medicine physician from Hawaii Pacific Health. Now, this race includes it's an 8.15 mile course, pretty good distance. You have any advice on how folks can recover afterwards? Yeah, so the I could tell you what not to do. What not to do is go back home and lay on the couch and do nothing. You ah! want to stay moving. You want to keep the muscles moving. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing is avoid alcohol that day of as well. You want to get hydrated, right? You want to push the fluids. You want to make sure you're urinating plenty, uh, and you want to keep the muscles moving so that you're 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 getting the toxins moving out of your body. Uh, so the best thing to do is go for a, not a long walk, but a short walk, stay active, uh, try not to stay a couch potato uh, right after the race. <laughs> That's kind of like, I, I was thinking that would be your reward, but apparently not. Hey, <laughs> doctor, thank you for coming on. What final message do you have for folks that are running the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run uh, coming up this week or Monday? Yeah, this race that HPH has prepared, it, it's such a good race. Uh, go to the expo. The expo has so many good uh, things that you can learn from. Uh, I remember I think I bought a whole bunch of stuff, energy pack and then like a vest, sunglasses, uh, stuff that you don't really think about until until it's too late. But uh, at the expo, they have all that. So uh, it's a great place to get uh, extra prepared for the race. Very good. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Dr. Katsuya Izuka, thank you very much uh, for your advice leading up to the race these last couple of weeks. Have a great rest of your week, and hopefully we'll talk soon again. Sounds good. Have a great day. All right. Uh, that was a good conversation there. It's 7.53 here with the Sports Animals, reminding you that you can upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide, or at Kahala.com. And after the Super Bowl, we've been talking about a lot of the uh, after effects, so to speak. And one of the things also, I know we touched upon it briefly yesterday, but was the over-under total according to Las Vegas. It started off about 47.5. I saw 47. Apparently, a lot of sports books on Sunday went down to 46.5. And And the final score was 25-22, so it's 47. If you had 47, 47.5, you might have been a little upset, depending on which way you went, that the extra point wasn't kicked in overtime. But they don't do that in an overtime game. You get the touchdown game over, that's it. Uh, supposedly, according to so many reports we've seen, not supposedly, it's happened, the most money ever bet in Las Vegas for a Super Bowl, which shows that even though you've got all these other states legalizing gambling, 
hasn't really hurt Las Vegas too much. Except for this game, it hurt them because a lot of people took Kansas City. So they were hoping for San Francisco and a low-scoring game, and they got exactly, well, not exactly the opposite, but they got Kansas City in a game that, at least if you waited till Sunday morning, the game did go over of that total of 46-and-a-half. I, I can just imagine what a madhouse that must have been at the end of the game with people betting and just wondering if they were going to win, were going to lose, as far as KC or San Fran, and also the fact that the under-over was so close. Uh, kind of amazing there, but... Uh, Great, great Super Bowl. And I was also thinking about this aspect of it as well, Chris, and maybe you would remember. We've seen Super Bowls that have come down to the wire. We've seen last-minute finishes. Have we ever seen a walk-off? Now, I know when New England did it, I guess, against Atlanta in overtime, they scored that touchdown. I think it was James White, so that might have been. And we've had maybe a field goal win it. But have we ever had a touchdown win a Super Bowl? Now, again, there's only been two overtime games, so I doubt it couldn't have happened in regulation unless you had it with zero seconds left in the fourth quarter. But that made this game even more amazing to me, that you actually had a walk-off in a Super Bowl. Again, we've had, you know, good finishes, last play of the game. I remember Brady and Foles a few years ago, Philly and New England. Both teams combined for over 1,100 yards of offense, which was a record for any NFL game in history. And Brady tried that Hail Mary at the end that was unsuccessful. But to have a touchdown pass at the end of the game, to me, again, I know you said something yesterday was interesting where I said it was maybe the best game ever. And you said, well, the first half was and maybe the fourth quarter was. Still, it was one of the best finishes among many great finishes in the Super Bowl. To me, that was great. But to have it end that way, you couldn't have asked for anything better. All righty. Uh, top stories coming up next with the Sports Animals this morning on ESPN Honolulu. And he said, it's watering you just like the Hey, you know what? We, I, we should have mentioned yesterday. It was Abe Lincoln's birthday yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. Honest Abe. How old is um, young Honest Abe? Abe? I don't know how old Honest Abe was. The information is gone. Uh, but uh, you know what? Not a lot of people know this. Honest Abe uh, was the guy that invented the uh, Secret Service. Really? Wow. Ironically, and tell me if this is ironic. Am I using the word correctly, Tanner? Ironically, about a week after he developed the Secret Service, he was shot. Wow. I think that would be ironic. I've been to that theater before. Yeah. In D.C. Wow. Anyway, but uh, a, a little known fact, Honest Abe was a great wrestler. He liked wrestling. He was a wrestling I know they had wrestling back then. It's, it's too bad that they don't celebrate each president's birthdays individually. Not every president, but Washington and Lincoln. <laughs> Happy Millard Fillmore Day, everybody. No, <laughs> but for Washington right, and Lincoln. The, let's get to the Washington. I don't know. The more we learn about Washington and all of the things that they did, it's why people don't really celebrate Thomas Jefferson as much nowadays as they used to. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> okay. Top stories we're following. Congratulations. The Saints go marching in with another ILH championship in boys basketball. Way to go, Crusaders. Dan Hale, I see you. Third year in a row they've won the ILH title, trying to make it three years in a row for the state championship. And obviously it's important to peak at the right time, and it seems like they are playing their best basketball right now. They and Punahou both in the state tournament, but St. Louis will get that bite. All right. Uh, wow, that leaves Mary Noel out. That's got to be tough. You do all that recruiting, and it's like, <laughs> oh, for what? 
Oh, stop it. The transfer portal is always open. It's open on girls basketball, boys basketball. It's opening everything. Rainbow Baseball starts this week, finally. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I mean, the way they finished last season, winning their last nine in a row at home, and uh, I just think this team is really trying, starting to climb up. Every year Rich Hill has been here, this team and the program has improved. Really good recruits and really excited about another exciting season of Rainbow Warrior Baseball. And again, the schedule they have. I mean, I love the fact that they play so many top teams like Ole Miss coming in this weekend. Well, they do it year after year. The baseball programs, a lot of those teams, they want to get out of the cold and mm. uh, come to Hawaii and play. Congratulations to Rainbow Warrior Justin McCoy. Yesterday afternoon, he earned the Big West Player of the Week honors. And definitely well-deserved. And it was great to see him get acknowledged. I would I don't know how the voting goes. I don't really see that. But I would imagine Noel Coleman probably had some consideration, to say the least, with the week he had. And that's what happens when you win. And this team, speaking of peaking like St. Louis basketball, it's still only one week. But for one week, this basketball team, the men at UH, really turned things around. And hopefully that will continue this week. Two big wins for them. And McCoy was a big part of it. Yeah, McCoy had uh, he averaged a double-double, 19.5 points, 10 rebounds against two really good teams. Yes. Uh, he shot 67%, 67%, four of six on threes. 88% from the foul line, and uh, he was, uh, again, had a great defensive performance. doesn't say how many blocks. Maybe he had like three blocks in one and zero in the other game, something so. like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he tied his career high with 22 points and nine rebounds against UC San Diego. But uh, very, very good. Very glad to see. Now, can the Bows play with that type of intensity on the road? We'll find, right yeah. from Thursday, they turn it around and they're like, "Bam! I'm gonna punch you in the mouth." Saturday, they keep it going. Now you got a week off, or you know how many days off? Five days off, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Can you go on the road? I know it's Cal Poly, and they're not one of the best basketball teams in the country. Let's say, but at the same time, can you keep it going on the road? And that's a big question. The other thing is, I, I you know, I think the term sometimes is overused, but a trap game. Because you have Santa Barbara, and that's the early start on Saturday on the road. You don't want to overlook Cal Poly, even though they are winless in the Big West. One of the things I've noticed about them is, even though, again, their record is their record, but they've been pretty competitive as far as keeping some of these games close. Now, Hawaii had a really good performance against them at home a few weeks ago. Still, I think they won by 10. That's the game where they just started fouling like crazy at the end. Still, this is a team that you can't just show up and beat. And I think that was one of the questions that I was happy about on Saturday is that after the San Diego win, Hawaii still played really well against a really good UC Davis team. If you want to continue to climb up in the standings and maybe have a chance of getting that single bye, uh, you, you have to win these games and at least get a split. If they get a split on the road, I'll be okay with it. Uh, I'd love to get that sweep. Santa Barbara's going to be tough, but definitely can't have a slip-up against Cal Poly. That would really be kind of devastating in some ways. Santa Barbara is not the team we thought they were in men's basketball uh, this year, obviously. I mean, Hawaii is tied with Santa Barbara at 6-7 and seven in Big West Conference play. Now, when you're looking at seedings, I don't care about standings. Standings doesn't matter because of UC San Diego. When you're looking right. at seedings, Hawaii is tied for fifth right now, and that's a lot better off than it was a week ago. Oh, it's way better. I mean, again, we were talking two weeks ago, will they make the Big West tournament? 
Remember, only eight teams make it out of the 11 and really out of the 10 because San Diego's ineligible. But now we're talking about where they can finish. And one of the things when I look ahead at the schedule is that a lot of the teams between, let's say, fourth and eighth place, they keep playing each other. So if Hawaii can win, they're going to gain a game on at least one of those teams, where the other team, they won't lose any ground. So they kind of they don't really control their own destiny to that extent, but in a way they do. If you keep winning, you're going to finish probably in the top four. They're not that far out of it. From where they were a few weeks ago to where they are now, you got to be encouraged. And when some fans were saying, why do these guys keep saying that they're better than their record shows? Well, last week was the example or example. They were better than what their record showed in January and early February. No, no, they played better. They played better. They played better. I don't know if they're better than their record showed yet, but they played better. They played to what you were hoping they could be. But if you can't keep it up, what does it matter? If you can't keep it up, then uh, you had a couple of good games where you played really hard. True, true. You were like that guy with the golden shoes at the end of his career under Bob Nash. What was his name? Rod Fleming. Rod Fleming. Oh, yeah, Rod Fleming. He had a great three games to end the season. <laughs> Don't tell me he's a great player. If you play great for three games, <laughs> That Come was on. a perfect, perfect example right there. You know, you're totally right. You're totally right. So that's the thing. I mean, like we said, you know, last week you know, we, we got good news in a way, not good news, but we were happy to see them perform well in the second game of that homestand and go three and one in that four game stretch. I thought was really, really incredible from where they were beating Fullerton but losing to Irvine. But if they if they have a slip up, they're in trouble again. But right now they can continue to play the way they have. And again, even though, like you said, they played better, I think they were they they should have played better in some of those games that could have gone either way down the stretch, like the Fullerton first right. game as an example. But right, right. Now, hopefully they can continue this, and we've seen the talent come through, changes in the lineup. And, I mean, if you have Jovan McClanahan back, that's a positive, but I still feel, and I kind of hinted Maybe, at this yesterday. Is it? Do you want Jovan McClanahan starting? No, no, you don't. And that's kind of what I was going to say is that, you know, the oh, ball sorry. moved better without him. And I feel bad saying yes. that in a way. But last Thursday and Saturday, the ball movement, getting off better percentage shots, getting separation, the offense flowed better without Jovan. And I still want him in the how lineup. You, yeah. But, you want him to play, but how he could be like Deja, right? Yeah, you know, you, you, you come in, you know, be the first guy off the bench. Yep. I mean, how could you change anything in this lineup? But you know what's curious to me? And I want to get on to the Rainbow Wahine in a second. By the way, uh, we have Rainbow Wahine tickets to give away. You know what? Uh, Jamie Eisen. No, who's jo- is Jamie Eisen? No, that was yesterday. Is that yesterday's? Okay, who's our guest today? We have Mo Cole, Maureen Cole, the head coach for water polo at the University of Hawaii. They have beaten two number ones already, so she'll join us. She's in about coming on at 835. Tw- yeah, okay. Minutes. Yeah. All right, so let's give away right now. If you want to go to Rainbow Wahine Basketball, we got four tickets for Thursday's matchup against Cal Poly at the Stan Sheriff Center. So you want those four tickets? You'd be caller number three right now at 808-296-1420. That's the number for call. And now I forgot what I was going to say, and it was something really good. Oh, it was really good. You said you wanted to mention something about the Rainbow Wahine basketball team? No, before that. I want, oh, it's something really good on the men's basketball team. Ah, oh, darn it. Anyway. But Jovan and the ball movement and not starting? Yeah, I don't know. It'll come to me. But, to um, yeah, I know. It'll come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It came and went. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the rainbow. The, hey, you know what? You know what? All this attention, and it's great uh, for the University of Hawaii marketing department to be like, hey, let's pack the pack the house for the rainbow walk. 
Hey, how about next week we try and get people to pack the house for the Rainbow Warriors? You only have you know, three what home they've games left. Around. You only have three. What? Home, only have three home games left for the men. Ah, oh, that's horrible. It is. All right. I remembered what I was going to say, and then uh, the garbage truck is right outside my window, and it made me forget. Oh, here's what I was going to say. Okay, so when the Rainbow Warriors were playing bad, uh, you know, the team was playing bad. They they were soft. We all saw it. Even Coach Cannot come out and said, hey, you, you guys, you dudes are soft, man. And so they turned it around. They went out, and usually only, uh, as it was uh, mentioned, usually only, um, uh, gosh, Number 55. Oh my, Juan my Munoz. Juan Munoz is out there like an hour before uh, practicing shots. Well, they said last game everyone was out there practicing and mm. getting ready for the game. Okay, so if it was Iran's fault when they were doing poorly, should Iran not get credit that they kicked some butt in the last two games? I'm not hearing it from anybody. I'm not hearing it from all the people and all the text. Fire the coach. You have anything to say right now? Maybe it's too early to tell, but I got nobody saying, "Hey, you know what? Got to give the guy credit. He turned these guys around, and that shows a special kind of leadership." I I don't like that either. The fact that all those people were quick to uh, put him down, and then they're nowhere to be seen. Because I noticed that as well from Thursday and Saturday's win. And, and again, some people wondering why we were saying this team was better. Well, they showed how good they are. But again, if you're going to criticize him, then you got to give him some of that credit. I mean, he made some. Critical moves as far as the line. I mean, taking Jovan out was, you know, some people were criti- criticizing him for that, but it's worked out. Now, of course, he was injured last week. That's why he didn't play. And he, but, but even benching him, the games that Jovan came off the bench were, I believe, three of his better games of the season, at least in Big West play. And he ended up playing starters minutes anyway. It's worked out. Ryan Rapp, some people say, well, he doesn't develop players, which I hate hearing. Because, I mean, uh, Bernardo da Silva has developed into a much better player than he was as a freshman. But look at Ryan Rapp. Ryan Rapp, to me, in November, even though he started the St. Mary's game, the exhibition game, I thought he would be a guy that would hardly ever see the court in conference play. Now I can't wait to see him play. I love what he brings to this team. So I think that, you know, to show the development, you got to give Iran credit. If you're going to criticize him for not developing players, well, how do you explain the Ryan Rapp improvement, who will join us on the show tomorrow morning as well? All right. Uh, okay, so uh, somebody texted in. Uh, same story, bra. Quick. Eight years, bra. I don't know what that is in response to. If you can, eight years, quick. What? One and done in the Big West tournament, I, except for one year, I think is what they're saying about, even though they might have had success in the regular season, uh, playoff time in the Big West tournament yeah. hasn't exactly worked out. I imagine that's what they mean. Okay, all right. So, okay, hopefully uh, everybody out there who's criticizing is doing an excellent job at their job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it has no no faults at all. But I, I can see why people say that. They're getting, you know, getting to a certain point, and uh, you get to a certain point, but you can't get over the hump. I can see why some people might criticize that. Uh, the texter said, uh, you said we came to a quick decision to fire Iran. Oh, I see what he's saying. He's saying he's wanted to fire Ron for eight years. Ah, okay. okay. Go to I the guess. same story? I guess, yeah. Okay. All Why right. would you Sorry want to fire him that. seven years ago? I don't understand I that. don't know. I don't know. But he's just saying it's the same. What he's saying mm, is yeah. not necessarily wanted to fire him, but he's saying, okay, after all these years, you can't get past one and done. I thought we got past one and Once. done. We did two years ago. We did. We went to the semis of the Big West. Oh, really? That, uh, that's oh. the only year since 2016 oh. that they've gone 
more than Only one once? game in. Yes, into the tournament. Oh, yes, that's, that's unfortunate. Yes. All right. Uh, texting in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Before we get to the next text, we want to say congratulations to how do you say that, uh, Tanner? Imran. Imran, congratulations, Imran. Uh, from parts unknown my text went away i erased it but imran congratulations won the tickets to the uh, basketball game more for you to score on let's talk sports with kanoa Leahy and off the bench with josh pacheco and hunter hughes this afternoon here's a text it says crusader nation says thank you chris and Tanner's alma mater for Coach Dan Hale. <laughs> so thank you, Chris. And Tanner, thank you to your alma mater for uh, giving St. Louis Dan Hale. So they just want to openly say that. You see, now this person recognizes me as an honorary St. Louis graduate. You see, they're not thanking my alma mater. They're thanking Tanner's alma mater. Yeah, you might I hope that, a Glenn, Mader- that Glenn Maderos is probably in the office already. He's not listening anymore. And I, th- I don't know if he listens every day. Yeah, he just said he does. does listen. I'm not sure if it's every day. Yeah. If anyone sees Glenn Maderos today, <laughs> Dr. Murata, I'm talking to you. Uh, you know, mention my name. Put a little word in for me. Oh, I would love to. I would love to wear the, the, the blue and red. Huh? Ooh, how can you say that though? Look at me, and I'm wearing know, a put yeah, a basket. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah. a put a whole basketball <laughs> shirt today. It's 17 minutes after eight o'clock with the animals. This is ESPN Honolulu 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Don't forget, we got call the coach with Charlie Wade, presented by Paxa. That's tonight at 6:30, live on location at Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. Uh, I'll be there for a little while. Cole Mausoff will be there giving away prizes. We've got Ruby Tuesday specials. What's our special? Are we entering to win something? Well, you got two specials, one for the month of January, uh, month of February. You can scan a barcode and win Janet Jackson concert tickets. But for the first time, a new item tonight, the pastrami burger. It's on special. You get a hamburger. You get pastrami. You get onions. You get cheese. You get Thousand Island dressing, a pastrami burger, first time ever. What Ruby kind Tuesday. of bun is it? Like it's a, a hamburger bun. bun. It's a hamburger bun. Like I, a I'm potato a, bun. Or I believe it's a hamburger bun. bun. I believe it's a hamburger bun. Regular hamburger bun. A pastrami burger. Yeah. How much stay? Uh, seventeen, sixteen ninety nine. So it comes with fries. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like that yeah or you get the side. Yeah, yeah. It's a meal. It's a yeah, meal. Yeah. Pastrami burger. I might yeah. even take the hamburger and take the pastrami on the side and just eat the pastrami separate. Yeah, I tried it yesterday. It was actually really, really good. A lot Cut of everybody up the tried pastrami to love it. and mix it up with your fries. Pastrami mm, fries. Now you're talking. Huh? A little Thousand Island dri- little drizzled on top of that? Yeah. Wipe it on your bun? <laughs> Nakashima, are you listening? <laughs> Sounds All good, right. though. Anyway, call the coach tonight, 6.30 p.m. Uh, the stars of the show, Charlie Wade, Tiff Wells, and the Pastrami Burger. Uh, we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Masa esa e masese. Masese, masese, masese. Masa esa e masese. Maureen Cole. Rainbow Wahine, water polo coach. 
going to join us in about 10 minutes on ESPN Honolulu. They have been shocking the world, twice beating the number one team in the country. Where are we ranked now? Number We're number two. three. Number two? Yes, number two. Oh, if you keep beating the number one team, shouldn't you be number one? <laughs> Hello? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, angry texter ang- uh, sent a thing back. I, I made a response because uh, he has a history of texting about firing the basketball coach. And I said, hey, I hope you're doing well in your job. And then he said, uh, UH basketball coach and a cashier at CVS are on different levels, and therefore the coach is more scrutinized. Can't say hope everything is doing perfect at your job to make a point. Well, now that we know you're a cashier at the CVS, maybe we get discount when we go in. And I think you can be scrutinized. If you're a cashier and let's say your money's coming up short every week, yeah. hey, you're going to get scrutinized. Mm. All right. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, he keeps texting back. Come on. Stop being angry. It's only a game. That'll make people angry enough. It's only a game. Love that. All right, here's the next text at 808-296-1420. Typical negative local boy Fairweather fan who is calling for UH basketball coach's head for eight years. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure if it's that typical, but they're having a number of fans who have been down on this team come March every year. And we wow. understand what you're Or they're down... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, you, well, you don't have tournament or March success. I can understand people feeling that way. But you could also be Cal Poly, where you're lucky to get into the tournament every now and then. Be careful what you wish for, I think. So. Well, and I think, but it's not just the basketball coach. It's just that's the way some fans yeah. are. Yep, yep. If you're not undefeated, fire them. If you're not fighting for the championship every single year, fire them. Look, recruiting basketball players to the University of Hawaii, for whatever reason, has been hard. For every single coach we've ever had. Now, Red Rocha had a couple of years of great success. And that was when you had way less basketball teams. But something caught fire. Riley Wallace had a couple of good teams. Aron Ganats had a couple of good teams. It, 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 it's peaks and valleys for some reason in men's basketball for, uh, for the University of Hawaii. But don't blame it on the latest coach. Blame it on all the coaches then. But isn't that also peaks and valleys kind of the way it's gone for almost every sport except for maybe men's volleyball lately? Well, both volleyball teams. We're still good in women's volleyball. We're not Dave Shoji good. We're not top perennial top ten guys anymore. But for our in our conference, we're towards the top of the conference. Look, this is not a basketball state. I would even go as far to say that this is a football state, although you may argue that it's a volleyball state with the amount of mm, yeah. uh, with the, the, the popularity of volleyball from age nothing all the way through adults. The uh, anyway, I, I mean, it's I don't know. It's oh, by the way, this texture says, "Nice one, Gary." Fran Tarkenton doesn't run for first downs and win Super Bowls. Well, I said Super Bowl, but not the first one. I've, I actually went to his last ever game was a playoff game against the Rams on New Year's really? Eve. On my way moving out here, uh, it was my first NFL game. Yeah, and I saw Fran Tarkenton end his career on New Year's Eve. But wow, he's a really good was, quarterback. But yeah, but he, he was even, but he was really good even towards the end, wasn't he? He was good. I don't know if he was great, but yeah, he was still really good. I mean, it was part of the excitement of going to that game was seeing Fran Tarkenton, not Vince Ferragamo, who I believe was the Rams' quarterback that day. 
Wait, who did Fred Tarkenton end his career with? The Vikings. It was a playoff loss oh. on New Year's Eve against the Rams at the L.A. Coliseum. What's wrong with seeing Vince Faragamo? He, he brought his team to a Super Bowl. I, I know. But and, just, and he was very handsome. I knew you were going to say that. And I can't, you can't dispute that. That's for sure. But, but I mean, not Jimmy Garoppolo handsome, but he was up there. And he wasn't the golden More boy. More like Josh Allen handsome. Maybe. I hear Josh Allen is, is handsome. You, you hear that. <laughs> I, hear from a, <laughs> I hear from a lady's perspective that Josh Allen okay. is pretty handsome. That's fair. But Fran Tarkenton was an ex, you know still an exciting player and fun to watch. I mean, you know, even though he never had a lot of playoff success, I enjoyed watching him play. Well, he had great playoff success. He didn't have Super Bowl success. Okay, right, yeah, but more specifically. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, here's one on Rainbow Warrior Basketball at 808-296-1420. The team is trending in the right direction with the lineup changes and using someone else at point. It's for the season to start turning things around. The results in the tournament will be the proof. It's about time the team play more aggressive and attack the basket. Warriors can get two wins this road trip if they continue with the grit and aggressive play inside. Go Warriors. And that's my question. Can you keep it up? Is this the real you? Or were you just fired up because the coach called you soft and you came back to prove him wrong? That's my question. And it's is a fair this question. The, is this the real you? Did you discover this and go, you're a, you're a butterfly coming out of cocoon, right? Does that make sense? Butterfly coming out of cocoon? Yeah, yeah. A moth coming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, or are you going to be a moth to a flame, in the words of Madonna? <laughs> I'm just saying, is this the real you, right? That's what we're going to see. If you can play this way, but play on the road, doesn't matter who you're playing. If you can play with the same intensity and fierceness on the road, I think we got something here. Yeah, again, if they let's say they split this week. I mean, that's kind of a probable scenario. I mean, just being fair, I mean, Cal Poly is a team that you should beat and you're better to beat. Santa Barbara, like you said earlier, and you're totally right, they struggled this year, but they still got A.J. Mitchell. They got some players on their team, and that's a tough place to win at. So if they, if, even if they split this week, I think they're still doing well. And it depends how they split. I mean, if they lose by 28 to Santa Barbara, well, that's a little different than losing in a close game. But I think they're going to be a lot more competitive this time around against yeah. Santa Barbara. And I don't know. You know, you think that, uh, you know, we have some, you know, some people here. What are they saying in Santa Barbara? You know, Santa Barbara is supposed to be the number one team. and They're six and seven. Yeah. That's what they're saying. They're like, look, we're just as bad as Hawaii. Ah, fire the coach. They're even saying fire around there in Santa Barbara, I guess. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they've got to be pretty distraught with the season they've had because, like you said, their their numbers and where they were projected and usually a top two team. They've had better regular seasons than Hawaii in the Big West the last few years, and Hawaii's had pretty good regular season. And, they're you know, they, they like to get that by in the first round. We always know it's important to peak at the right time, and if they can continue to play this way, as we're not that far away from March, I, I feel really good about this team. But one thing I'll say it again about the Big West tournament almost every year, including this year, there's so much parity, really, not maybe at the top, but throughout the Big West that it's a fine line between winning and losing. And they might go one and done again, which is going to be awful, awful, awful. But I think they're going to have a good chance of doing more than that this year. It's going to come down to those three days, and I think it might depend on matchups, who they match up better against. And it could be so many teams I wouldn't even look that far ahead yet. I'm just hoping they continue to play well and maybe peak at the right time. But I think it's going to be tough to get through those three days of March and maybe four days if they finish fifth through eighth. It'll take four games to win it all. All right, one team that has not had uh, uh, any disappointments recently in their postseason tournaments, the Rainbow Wahine basketball team. And don't forget, coming up Saturday 
It's Beeman's Big Bash. It'll be a night of fun. Surprises. And they're trying to set a new record uh, with head coach Laura Beeman's Rainbow Joaquine basketball career. So I guess the number we're looking for is 4,341 people. Uh, Overall, back in 1998, they had 6,192 in attendance. That's the that's the single game attendance record, but they're trying to bake at least Beeman's record right now. You would think if I was a marketing person, I would kind of let everybody know where we are with tickets sold as we go closer to the date to create a sense of urgency of get your tickets now. But I'm no marketing expert, so I won't bring that up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> here's a, here's a, I mean, you know, maybe we can get Captain Fun on because he can tell us because the surprises from this release last week. Okay, we will. Surprises to me means that maybe they didn't have everything in, uh, in order. There might be some things that they've figured out that some of those surprises. Now, some are going to remain prizes, uh, surprises. Yeah. But what he did mention is that they got some really good prizes to give away worth lots and lots of money. If prizes you remember that. Money. Yeah. And, uh, no, the prize is worth lots worth of money. lots of money. Okay, right. So anyway, uh, so that'll be kind of cool. But um, they're going to have, uh, they're going to unveil some special guests. More details on the prizes. Now it's Tuesday already. It's Mardi Gras. It's Fat Tuesday. We expect to hear something about some of the uh, special guests. We'll get him on Captain Fun later on this week, and we'll have Laura Beeman on the show tomorrow morning, too. Okay, that's great news uh, because we should be celebrating. But I'd really be curious of where we are with ticket sales. Right, me too. I mean, who can we ask? Who will respond to that? Captain Fun, he'll he'll have that answer. Tanner, can you text Captain Fun and ask him if he's got a ticket count yet? Because if we're at like 3,000, we need to push this over the top. True, true. If we're at 4,000, we need to push this up to 7,000. And he was hoping now, for a sellout, he said, last time with us. but Well, uh, because he is uh, Captain Fun. He's a pirate. He goes for broke. But the uh, you know what? It's a great deal. Tickets are $7. Children are free. Even if it, from high school all the way down to uh, tiny little, little babies. Absolutely free. So your whole family could go for, say, mom and dad. Uh, or go for 14 bucks. And I guarantee you they'll probably have more uh, concessions open, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're, they're planning for that. they're expecting 4,000 people there? Yeah, I would bet that for sure. They oh, had 1,500 right. last home game, which is really good, too. The Irvine game a few Saturdays ago. And it was a great crowd. It was yeah, a good, yeah, loud yeah. crowd. But uh, anyway, I want to take a selfie with Deja Phillips. She's my favorite. I wonder if she would do that. I'm sure she would. you got to show up at a game to get the selfie, I would imagine. Though. Yeah, I want to go to a game, and I have not been to a Wahine game uh, for whatever different reasons, but my wife would really like to go, too. Anyway, it's 834 with the Sports Animals. Uh, just a reminder again, call the coach tonight, 630, Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. Try the pastrami burger. It's new, it's good, and you're going to love it. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, Coach Mo Cole. UH Rainbow Walking a water polo coach coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Last night I dreamt I was returning. And my-
Oh, thank you for the text. I'm so dumb. I knew I was wrong. I knew it sounded wrong. You heard me hesitate. The texter says, butterflies and moths emerge from a chrysalis, not a cocoon. Thank you for that. And I used to know that one. You didn't know that? Oh, come on. I knew that. I knew that. And then, you know, at this advanced stage in life. Anyway, we have a special guest on the line. Yeah, and our water polo team has had a special season so far. Or water polo. And joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, the head coach in her last season. We'll get into that coming up as well. Mo Cole joins us right now. Coach, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. I, I would imagine you're feeling pretty pleased about the season so far. I mean, meeting two number one teams early on is obviously very, very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's huge, but still, as a coach, you know, really early, a lot, lot of water polo left. Well, what do you attribute the success for the success to as far as having wins against USC and Stanford eight and one record early on? I think it's a combination of a lot of changeover, a lot of graduates from those teams in the past, or last at the end of last season, and just a really dynamic team for the Wahine. I do see from I guess it came out a few days ago, but your attacker, I hope I'm gonna pronounce the name correctly, Lucia Gomez de la Puente. Big West Women's Water Polo Player of the Week. She had a great uh, week last week. Talk about what she has brought to this team. She's, come on, I mean, she's been awesome her entire career, but uh, she's a senior, fifth-year senior this year, just playing really confidently, amazing at defense, always picking up uh, the team's strongest attacker and um, is putting the ball away on the other end of the, of the other end, so it's been good. How do you get a player from Spain, as uh, De La Puente is from Madrid, Spain, how do you get her to come to the University of Hawaii to play water polo? Uh, recruiting. Um, we, we're a very international team. Um, World Championships is, takes place every summer um, where our staff goes, and there's 16 teams from around the world, and we kind of get to see the best 15 players from each country in one place. And um, just recruiting it. Ultimately, it takes care, not doesn't take care of itself, but a lot of girls come, have a great experience in those countries, and then tell their teammates, and so there's a lot of interest. Are a lot of your players, I haven't looked at the roster recently, but are a lot of your players international players? Uh, we do have a great amount. I think it's eight different countries. So, um, yeah, I would say we're pretty diverse. <laughs> University of Hawaii women's water polo coach, Mo Cole, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Eight and one start to the season, number two in the country. Do you look at the rankings that much right now? Uh, not too much. I think our focus is on a tournament coming up. We leave in about a week, and it has all the top teams in the country there. So we're just working on um, getting ready for that and having a good, another good performance. UCLA was the only loss so far this season. That was uh, in the tournament in California a couple of weeks ago. 13-12 uh, in overtime, so not that far away from being undefeated. Uh, not far at all. We had a great start on that game. We actually went up 5-0 um, in the first quarter and just fatigue set in a little bit late, um, made a few errors that we definitely have learned from, and um, hopefully we get another chance at them in a couple weeks. When you're at this point of the season, what is the focus during a week of practice? Day-to-day, uh, -day. last last week we were three weeks in a row of just really tough schedules, so we're kind of putting ourselves back together. Um, and then just little phases of the game, little areas, six on five, five on six, like the power play um, is a big, huge um, difference maker in games. So there's a big 
emphasis on that. And just us, we're a defensive transition team, so a lot of speed, finding a way to get out on the counterattack. And um, there's so many different phases of the water polo game. Every day I do a different focus. So whether it be defense, front court offense, we're seeing a lot of zone this year. We have Diamandolato Diaz, who was the Big West player of the year last year, as well as a freshman. Um, she was kind of a surprise last year. Um, she's a center, so kind of like in basketball, the one in front of the net. And she was scoring a ton of goals. Now they're double-teaming her all the time. So we're having to figure out ways to score with, with a zone, which is different for us. So working a lot on that. I know you have a lot of matches left before the postseason starts, but how does the postseason work in the Big West right now? Uh, so there's the Big West tournament, and the winner of that automatically qualifies for the NCAA tournament. There's also three at-large bids at play. And so with our early season success, if we can put together another couple big-time wins against the Pac-12 schools, that can situate us where whether we win or lose, we can maybe get one of those bids. Um, but again, there's just so many more games, a lot can happen. I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, maybe three or four right in there, but you played the Big West Championship match here at home against UC Irvine. Unfortunately, you didn't win. Still, I think people were hoping that you would get the at-large that year. It didn't happen, but you're talking about some of these big wins out of conference. Maybe you're help, uh, helping your RPI, so to speak. Exactly, exactly. Last year, um, everyone thought we were in the tournament. We actually ended up losing in the final. And um, Cal Berkeley ended up beating UCLA in their conference tournament. Had they lost, um, UCLA kind of burned us there. Um, had UCLA won, we were definitely in because we had beaten Cal. But Cal get in, got in over us. So it's just, yeah, a lot of things can happen. We want it to be under our control and just play well in the tournament. I mentioned at the start that this is your last year coaching at the University of Hawaii. How come? Oh, that's a layered question. I know. Um, a lot, of, a lot of different reasons. I've been doing this. I've, I've been in college since 1999, so I'm just ready for a, a shift. My kids are growing up. Um, I'm a pretty intense person. If you know me, I'm very competitive. I've just been really all in on this for a really long time and just want to shift and kind of see what else I can do in life um, and focus my efforts elsewhere. But definitely you, staying home. Hawaii is my home, so mm-hmm. we'll be here. You, you've been in college since 1999. <laughs> Are you going to be a doctor? It seems like a long time to be in college. Hey, before we let you go, Coach, I got a question, and, and I've heard things. I've heard things, but I've never actually seen it. Uh, and maybe I should uh, get myself out to a volleyball uh, water polo match. But what goes on underneath the water, honestly? Is there kicking and punching, like people say? I mean, there, there is, like, whatever the referee doesn't see um, doesn't count, I like to say. <laughs> but at the same time, it has to be, I mean, people don't do it unless it creates an advantage. And there's the inadvertent kick, but there's a lot of suit grabbing. There's a lot of suit on the women's side. So grabbing suit to help gain position, um, like on the offensive end, defensive end, that, that definitely exists quite a bit. Wow, that's crazy. So do some pe- are some people like Draymond Green, do some people just do it more than others? Oh, definitely, for sure. But the suits have gotten a lot better. Back when I was in college, they weren't the zip-up suits, so it was there was a lot more uh, being shown. Right now, it's pretty it's pretty hard. I mean, you get grabbed, but um, it's okay. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> not. It, oh, wow. Okay. So, has it does it get more? Has since you were playing in college back in 1999? I'm just kidding. Since you were playing in college. So is there more grabbing and stuff now, or is it about the same? 
I think just the, the suits are sturdier. So where we were changing suits maybe two times a game because they just were ripping and they weren't, um, they weren't as nice. They're, they're better now. They're more sturdy. Wow, you would have to change. Wow, that's crazy. All right. Okay, and last question. Sorry, I lied. <laughs> last question now. So you got the Barbara Kalbus Invitational coming up. Who else is going to be there? Uh, USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Fresno State, Arizona State, like all the top ten teams in the country. So it's wow. a seeded tournament. Um, it will be based off the rankings that come out on Wednesday. We'll know our first-round matchup, potential second-round matchup. So, yeah, it'll be a big one. All right, uh, folks, you can, uh, you know, see the matchups when they're announced at hawaiiathletics.com. But, uh, yeah, definitely some of the top teams. But most of them you beat already, so very good. Coach, good luck uh, this. Uh, good luck in 10 days when the tournament starts, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that was Mo Cole in her last year coaching at the University of Hawaii. Water Polo Coach joining us on ESPN Honolulu, currently ranked number two in the country, hopefully number one coming up soon. All right. Did she say UCLA? Did yes. she mention UCLA? I know yes. she said USC. Okay, so we got another crack then at UCLA. Uh, hopefully we will get another crack at those bugas uh, coming up. Time for our bulletin board brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. If you're over 60 and retired, well, making ends meet, especially at the supermarket, it's kind of tough sometimes. Well, BenefitsCheckup.org is a free website that could help you. That's BenefitsCheckup.org. We'll be right back to wrap it all up on ESPN Honolulu. And get a little Hawaiian style. All right, so we're going to uh, want to pack the house for Beeman's Big Bash coming up on Saturday. But, hey, you know what? doesn't mean don't go to the game on Thursday. But Saturday, uh, we're up to about 3,000 tickets sold. Uh, and for whatever reason, a lot of times, those tickets sold doesn't mean butts in the seat. So are we looking for attendance? Is that or tickets sold? Turnstile, I believe, with what, what they're looking at. I would think. You sure? I would think. Oh, okay. So you, okay. From I am sure to I think. <laughs> we can find that out. But anyway, we're at 3,000 tickets sold. And for some reason, I'm getting echo all of a sudden. For 3,000, uh, we got 3,000 tickets sold. We need to get uh, another third. Let's just make it a clean 1,400. 1,400 tickets for Rainbow Wahine coming up on Saturday. They're just $7. Easy to get, etickethawaii.com. We'll have, uh, actually, we'll have tickets we're going to give away to get people into the seats. So keep listening for that here on ESPN Honolulu. Just a reminder, call the coach with Charlie Wade. That's happening tonight at Ruby Tuesday. Going to be good fun. And uh, enjoy the pastrami burger. We mentioned that it's uh, Fat Tuesday today, Mardi Gras. Also, today is World Radio Day. Today, Gary, we celebrate all the ways radio has improved to access information, freedom of expression, gender equality all around the world. It's a great way to listen to some tunes, listen to some sports talk, text in hate for some things, 
and win a prize or two. So congrats. Everybody celebrate World Radio today. Tell all your friends to listen to the radio. Happy birthday to Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski is 77 years old. Wow. Happy birthday if you're celebrating today. Coach K, and he's been coaching for a long time. I'm kind of excited kind of as a golf goon is that uh, Tiger Woods is back this week with the Genesis Open. And he's got he's not with Nike anymore. I guess Nike figured, well, we're not going to sponsor you anymore because you only play like four to six times a year. So now uh, he's uh, partnering up with TaylorMade. That's going to be his big sponsor. But they have a new uh, apparel line, and it's called, I had it a second ago, and I told you guys, what was it called? <laughs> I'm trying to find it now. And it was three words. It was three words, uh, Sunday Red. Okay, because Tiger Woods always wears red on Sundays. This is called Sunday, two separate words, Sunday Red. So it's three words, Sunday Red. It's a new lifestyle brand, and it came out with a Tiger logo, and it looks sharp. In fact, just Google Sunday Red, and you'll see it. And instantly, they're going to have a press conference and all of this announcing all of this stuff, but instantly... Taylor made is going to make a gazillion dollars in a week. I would imagine so. I, I, I thought his Nike contract was like a lifetime deal when he signed it, but it doesn't sound like that now, does it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, whatever it was. But um, I, I really like the logo. I, I mean, i gotta get my, I got to get myself a hat. But uh, anyway, I, I'm just going to be interesting to watch, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Woods this weekend. Uh, back uh, behind the ropes, so that'll be fun. Or in front of the ropes. Behind the <laughs> ropes? Where are you playing if you're in a golf? Or behind the ropes, in front of the ropes? You're in front. You, the fans are behind the ropes. Ah, you're in front of the ropes. You're in the ropes. You're within the ropes. Uh, thank you for the text, 808-296-1420. Every day is World Radio Day. Thank you for that text. Uh, hey, animals. You know, you know, you guys are doing a great job when even the negative sports people continue to listen, call, and text. <laughs> okay, so I don't get this text from uh, the texter from the two two three earlier. It says, "Oh, maybe this is dirty." What if Babyface did the halftime show? Would that be a cleaner show than Usher? How, what was Usher doing that I don't wasn't know. a clean show? I don't show? know. You didn't like the roller skate thing. I thought the roller I, skate thing was very cool. Okay, real fun. It, was a it, looked like a, it looked like a roller derby or something. It was very cool. There was a lady on, on TikTok yesterday. They put out a video. She was the one who fell off the stage. And she wrote oh, on her resume. Oh, someone fell off the stage? Yeah, she showed her picture. She has a black eye, cuts on uh -huh. her face. And she said that she put on her resume that she does everything because her agents told her to do that a few years ago. And apparently she put that she was a really good roller skater. She applied, wasn't chosen, but they needed a last-minute replacement because somebody else got hurt. She shows up fell off the stage and had the bruises to show it. But uh, she said it doesn't pay to lie, is what her words after the fact were. All right, poor thing. All right, we got to go already. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Honolulu.